How are you over yeah. the whole What's the whole thing? Yeah, well, the truth is I'm, I'm actually over aspects of it. I'm, I'm over aspects of being enmeshed in my family's life all day while trying to be part of like a professional world and, you know, that kind of thing on the one hand. But I'm still not one bit interested in returning to the office. What's from home is, is good because you get to see like other people's personal lives. Like I've been on a Zoom <laughs> call good, with a client it? already. Oh, and I then see. like kid like just walks in, oh, asks something kind of like okay. very dodgy. Can I just get back to you right now? (laughs) (laughs) But like the virtual background, it's the best because then you're just like looking at some Grecian freaking. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a good way to transition into episode 105 of the Overclocked ZA podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. We are sounding excellent because we are still using those Fifine. I think we have settled on Fifine as the name microphones the k k670 is the one i have that's the kind of standing mic that looks like a classic elvis presley kind of model or like you'd find in a uh podcast studio i suppose you know where it stands on a little stem yeah mm. Mm. and i have the and k678 okay. it has like a, a tripod stem with like two swivel things and i found that it's very important that i tighten the two little mm. nuts on the side um or else it just like swings around and does oh, all sorts of weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they have definitely improved our Interesting quality. shade of blue. And interesting it's got this little gay blue. knob on the front, which is really useful. I mean, it took me a while to work out how to use it. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's to balance your, your headphones and, and your microphone sensitivity. A little bit of and behind the scenes for the listeners. Mm. Um, for the last three podcasts, pretty much everyone that we've used these mics in, um, it's been a battle of getting Gavin to actually like have a voice. <laughs> so, like, come onto the Skype screen and then I'll just hear nothing. And then it's right. like, <laughs> right. it's true. It's true. It's true. I mean, you won't believe the technical challenges that we can have after 105 podcasts. We can still start with technical challenges every single week, every <laughs> single time. And the internet connection is slow. Yeah. Even though yeah. we're both on the best connection possible to our. But, of course, we are coming to you directly after President Cyril Ramaphosa addressed the nation to say, guys, wear a mask, download the COVID Alert SA app. It's zero rated on all network carriers. doesn't cost you a cent. Interesting anecdote. Um, We were at a birthday party at a bike park out in Mm. the south. Mm -hmm. And my wife got an exposure notification the other day. Of, on that day and it's like so what do you do because we yes. were trying to be pretty good with like social distancing and now you're and we, in a situation yeah yeah Jeez. so you contact the party organizer and it's like did anybody say that they tested positive for COVID-19 uh-huh. and she's like no I checked with everybody so like what do you do then with that information because you could have just been <laughs> in the queue at the pick and pay and like been in proximity of somebody who tested COVID positive right so I suppose you don't know how serious it is, whether you should immediately rush off and get tested. But I suppose you're you're kind of alerted to possible symptoms and things like that. I mean, Mm. are you supposed to rush into isolation? Are you supposed to rush off and get tested? I think, though, what I've noticed about the app is that it's actually, I mean, when we actually uh, spoke about it a couple of episodes Mm. back, we decided it was actually quite a slick offering. Unlike so many government projects that get clutched together, this was actually quite slick. And actually, the layers of information and how information was presented, I thought, was quite intuitive. Mm. And obviously, we have to imagine, you know, people for whom 
English is not their first language. I think it is available in multiple language, but mm. multiple languages who maybe don't have as strong language skills as we do. You know, it has to be able to work for all those people. And I got the sense it did actually work at that level. So that impressed me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I but hope it's that, just like, that there, are, there are instructions there or information for what yes, to do is. if you get but the alert. Like, like, you don't even know who it was. You don't know... Like, no, but you it's don't supposed know. to be anonymous. I mean, there's no yes, point in saying you it was Joe Vlogs behind actually... you in the pick and pay queue. I mean, exactly. It's not supposed to be that. someone who just rode by us, like on a bike while we were I walking, see. like pick up my son or whatever. Because it was like open air and we were trying to like stay right. distant from everybody. And you like have your cup of coffee, your <laughs> cappuccino quietly, like in an abandoned corner. Like, right. <laughs> Okay. All alone, take oh, a mask. And someone comes into you like 10 meters of you, like, oh, for the oh. mask. Well, spoke, yeah, yes, I actually I spoke coffee on my son's head. Trying uh, to put the mask. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how you suddenly need your hands and you don't have them. Um, <laughs> keeps happening to me when I go into stores. Um, what I don't understand, and what I think I understand, is that once you've downloaded the app, you don't have to keep the app running. It has a service that runs in the background because you've yes, given it Bluetooth yeah, the Bluetooth must be on. But you've given it permission to run a, a, partial, a portion of itself as a server in the background, which is what yeah. you really need. So you don't actually have to run the app up front all the time. Is that right? Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Talking well, about other things. We're doing better than so many of those European apps that cost the earth and delivered nothing. You know, <laughs> just like a bare bones, it's but hey, U- it's working. It's the UK app, Gavin, and they're not part of the EU anymore. That's true. A little world unto themselves. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, we well, still I... do not have local pricing for the new iPhones, although iPhone 12 mini and iPhone 12 Pro Max reviews went live this week, all mm. looking a bit quite positive. Um, not big camera gains on the, on the 12 Pro Max as much as we would have thought. But in other Apple news, yeah. there was a little event. One last yeah. thing. And the one last thing was the silicone, the Apple Silicone Max. Gavin, right. I'm super excited, but I'm going to let you lead us. <laughs> <laughs> Tell people how thrilled I am. Okay, so the, the thing with the, when we, from now on, whenever we refer to Apple Silicon, what we're talking about is Apple developing its own microchips, not just SOMA any microchip, but microchips powerful enough to now run full computers. You know, mm. it started off with phones, and then the processors got hectically powerful for phones. And they've moved on one step now to processes for actual laptops. And they yesterday introduced their whole new range of laptops using the M1 uh, system on a chip, um, yeah. which we all refer to as Apple Silicon going forward, although obviously there'll be other chips in the future. Um, so the reason, okay, I, I'm not going to get down into the nitty gritty speeds and feeds and how much RAM and blah, blah, blah. What's interesting, what's interesting to me is that I think that this is the true cutting edge of Apple innovation. If you've mm. listened to this podcast before, you know that I'm a bit of an Apple naysayer. I think they've got a bloated kind of reputation and are price gouging the world with their second rate phones and you know other things. But that's just <laughs> my personal position. Okay. Now, but when I look at the actual Apple computers and the technology in those, I think that that is the true cutting edge of Apple innovation. The processes they've developed for their laptops, I think, actually really pushes the whole industry forward. Mainly because Laggard, Intel, are supposed to be doing that job, failed to do it. Others then rose to take their place. AMD and um, uh, NVIDIA, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of took over the lead and was carrying the torch. But I think 
Apple now carries the torch forward for microchip technology, which ultimately is what's going to be in every single smart device we have in the future is microchip technology. And Apple's now leading that game. So this to me is how the human race moves forward ironically through Apple. This mm. is the cutting edge of technology in my mind. Regardless of the speeds and feeds and the RAM and all those things, I believe this is the most sophisticated microprocessor in the world today. So that's my view on these Apple things. So there were three main products. The one was the, um, the MacBook Air, which is mm -hmm. you know the thin and light job. And then there's the MacBook Pro, which is like the workhorse job, although it's pretty thin and light even for a workhorse. And mm -hmm. then the Apple Mini, which the we kind of... Mac Mini, sorry, the Mac Mini, which we have a lot of affinity to. It's basically yeah. a whole computer packed into a box. How big shall we say that box is? It's probably about 15 centimeters by 15 centimeters wide and about four or five centimeters high. Just so mm. you get the idea. It's a flat square, small square. And that has the processing power, I believe, of probably, uh, you know, a, a powerful laptop. Um mm. And it's, it's actually a full graphics workstation, from what I can tell. Um, yeah. They kept referring to their graphics that were better than other people's graphics. But they never really gave us any background detail to those graphics. And that kept bothering me. Because if you buy a laptop today, and it has an Intel chip inside, usually it comes paired with Intel graphics um, as the standard. And then if you yeah. want special graphics, you can get NVIDIA and other things added in. Mm. This is Apple's version of its baseline graphics, which they maintain are extremely good, but they didn't really give us any detail on that. It bothered me a little bit, but I can believe it's going to be pretty damn good anyway. Hmm. I'll jump in with a little bit of speeds and feeds. So, yes. as you know, the A14 Bionic chip, which is in the new iPad Air and the new iPhones, the iPhone 12s, that is pretty damn fast. <laughs> It's um, kind of orders of magnitude faster than its next nearest competitor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in mobile process. So M1 is has two more um, high performance cores. So it's a octa core instead of the hexa core that is mm. in the A14, and then it doubles the GPU cores. So the A14 has four GPU cores, whereas the M1 has eight, and all of this is running on the five nanometer process which means just like billions upon billions of transistors. 16 um, billion, I think, was the count. Yeah, yeah. 16 billion transistors. So um, then, like, I, the doubt... On the subject yeah. of the cause, can I just divert for a second with a bit of naysaying? So, mm -hmm. I mean, as much as I've now given them credit where credit is due, one of the interesting designs on this chip is that they've got high-performance cores and then the C cores. And they can all work together for a fantastically powerful experience. But the truth is they've made high power cores for heavy lifting and then high efficiency cores to save on power. Yeah. And power is the thing that's the, the most topical issue now in processing is yeah. how it burns through electricity and so on. And guess what? You know who did that before them? Huawei did that in their watch uh, too, the, the, the smartwatch, which has exactly that principle. It has a high power processor and a low and an efficiency processor. And so that for day-to-day -day activities, the watch like, runs on the efficiency processor. And then when you go to the gym, it kicks in the high one. SOC in the world doesn't. Everybody, I yeah. think Little Big um, came in, ooh, I'm going to say 2016. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like that, that's the undoing that of Samsung.
because um, so on mobile, so at least, well, all the high-end Androids have eight eight cores. So they'll have like two super high, if you, like super high-powered ones, and then like two middle kind of not so powerful ones, and then like four high efficiency ones. So I think it's the Cortex A78 is the current like Boobas in the, um, not Snapdragon 865. So what Samsung does is they clock what they call, what is it, the mongoose cores, that like super high powered ones, so high that like the step is almost it's like ridiculous. It's like three gigahertz. And then like the next one is like 2.5. And then that ramp is so high that it just like burns through the battery. <laughs> okay. And then they have to throttle down because they don't have the thermals. Okay. So uh. MacBook Air has seven GPU cores because I suspect, and a lot of YouTubers have been saying this as well, um, they are underclocking that compared to the other machines because the MacBook Air is the only new Mac with the Apple Silicon that doesn't have a fan in it. Yes, it's fanless design. So it runs extremely quiet and ex yeah. well, and cool despite not having air blowing through it. Because mm. of course Which the fan in turn uses up electricity. So mm. because this is the this is the like the MacBook Air was my favorite, the original MacBook Air, the one where it was in the manila envelope and Steve Jobs it was I right. think that was his last um, device that he debuted. Yes. yes. So those who are those who are not familiar with the story, he um uh, he legendarily slid he did the one more thing and he he got this brown envelope on stage. It looked like an A4 envelope. And from with it with inside the envelope he pulled out this laptop and people were mm. just gobsmacked, you know, that you could fit a laptop inside a brown manila envelope. So mm -hmm. there was a story of the original MacBook Air. Yes, do continue. And then the rest of the story was um, everything was soldered on the board. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it had off. one USB port as well. Yeah, yeah. it had like many USB ports. Um, it killed off uh, the Ethernet jack. It killed off the optical drive. Like right, it just yes. slaughtered everything. And then because it was light and ultra portable and the battery would just go for days, every other PC manufacturer decided to jump on the bandwagon and go slim and light. And then we had like three, four years of really crappy Ultrabooks that yes. could do nothing worthwhile. Right. And they were all just trying to be the MacBook Air. Mm. So this is like a, a, a comeuppance for me for the MacBook Air. Although they didn't bring back the 11-inch, which is the size that I personally prefer. Um, still 13-inch now. But now finally mm. we have the promise come through of thin and light and you can actually do things with it because on this new silicon you can like do four what's it four streams or 4k prores yeah four 4k streams yeah 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 like and like wow <laughs> you can actually edit like video and do heavy lifting stuff on there then yeah, you i mean you wouldn't say yeah. that it was like a thin and light pc because they they treat it like it's a workstation like it's a graphical workstation and all three of these pcs they they really demonstrated very similar stuff you know here's a guy mixing five channels of sound and they did yeah. that on each of these three pcs here's a guy rendering high resolution video here's yeah. a guy animating things they did that on all three of these laptops so it's not like the thin and light one has been somehow mm. you know throttled mm. okay so then you move up um to the 
Mac Mini, which is my personal favorite of the three devices, or at least the most intriguing, because that has a fan, so they can like clock that thing up to what do mm -hmm. they say? It unleashes the full power of the <laughs> M1 processor. Unleashes. <laughs> Um, and like it does represent a seismic shift because you can see like Apple's neural processor in there. It's like everything's so tightly integrated that you can damn neural processor. And I, I realized it was going to add some value to someone's life somewhere, but I, I don't know who they were speaking to because they weren't speaking to me as a consumer. There's only so much machine learning stuff I need to get done in a day. There's only so much neural <laughs> processing I need to get done in a day. You know, here I am on Excel, you know, trying to get my magazine to go to print. Not so much neural processing involved there, you know. But a lot of the apps now are being, and this, this is the important conversation, right? So A14 processors are really good at appliance computing. So like within an app, using one app at a time, running those instructions, it is peerless when it comes okay. to that. So when you're moving it over to laptops, to Mac minis, like desktop class sort of computing, that's general computing. So like you're doing, you're managing your email while you're working on a spreadsheet and you're doing a little bit of music mixing like in the background and like you have a lot of stuff going on at yes, the same time. Sure. So what they've done, which is like the really interesting stuff is the neural processor, the GPU, and the CPU cores can all access the same memory at the same time, which is... Yes, that was an interesting in innovation, I thought, as well. Yeah, yeah. This is, when I say they're pushing the envelope in, in, this, in, in the industry, this is the kind of thing that I'm talking about, because I think this is unique. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so then you can have, like, different apps call on different parts of that mm. process of that SOC. Um and then, like the cache, and like even within the cores, they're using something called the high the high power cores are using ultra wide instruction sets. So it's like you queue up your instructions. You can like work on many things in many different phases of completion at the same time per core. So you can like just multiply your computing power, and it's it's really like it's. It's nerdy and it's it's just crazy and it's going <laughs> it's to inform the <laughs> the way computers are going to be benchmarked and made from here on out. And this is why it's so important. The downside is since it's a system on chip, all of the RAM is built into the same package. So you cannot upgrade and what you buy is what you have for the rest of your life. So it's yeah. like... It yeah. comes in 8 gig and 16 gigs of RAM, and that's a buying decision you have to make up front. And I think they are charging you $200 for the upgrade. Mm. That's yeah. quite substantial. If we just rip through those prices quickly, so the thin and light MacBook Air, $1,000. Now, remember, you can't do a straight translation to South Africa because mm. uh, we'll discuss the pricing in a minute. $1,000 for the thin and light. That's the MacBook Air, $700 for the Mac Mini. That's the compact whole PC packed in a little square box but doesn't have a screen. You have to attach a screen. And then the MacBook Pro, which is the heavy lifting laptop, mm. which is not a heavy laptop, $1,300. I mean, okay, so I guess what I'm saying is $1,000, $700, $1,300, 
when you add two hundred dollars to that just for a RAM mm-hmm. upgrade, it really is like a chunk of change. That you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's like half an Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I mean, otherwise. You know, I mean, we could talk nerdy about the speeds and feeds. I mean, the readers probably don't need the level of detail. But the truth is, they really did cement their position as the graphical workstation environment. Mm. Everything they did to demonstrate this was all about beautiful on-screen images, processing multimedia. They didn't show anybody working their Excel. They they didn't show anybody with their PowerPoint. It was all sound engineers and movie makers and animators. I don't think Microsoft is optimized yet, though. But that's just like the the, the other separate thing. That's that's the second half of this conversation where um, the the software, which is run by the operating system, we like to call Grootmanier or... (laughs) Mac OS Big Sur, as Tim Cook wrongly calls it. Yes. <laughs> so what they're doing there is, so the binary code, you have two copies of the binary code for each application. So you have, when it's optimized, you have the Intel instruction set and you have the Apple Silicon at the same time. So the, like apps are just going to be crazy huge. <laughs> The point is that is that the app will run on whichever Mac you have. So they've they've yeah. they've traded, they've upgraded the apps, and whichever one you end up using will be the right one for your yeah. machine because they've built code for both operating environments into one app. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. I mean, I guess they figure it'll be another two or three years, and then the Intel machines can be squeezed out of the picture, and yeah. everything will be Apple Silicon from there on. Yeah. So and then everything um, that doesn't get compiled like that. Um, can run through their virtual um, translator um, protocol, which is called Rosetta. That's so right. that will then re-encode everything to to run on all the x86. Um, yeah, and stuff. they maintain there'll be almost no performance hit. I, I think I think it's going to be a smash hit. I think we've got a home run here with these machines, mm. if only because the technology itself is so cool. Just remember, when you're shelling out your 35,000 Rand for your entry-level Apple laptop, just remember (laughs) you're not a sound engineer, you're not a professional photographer, you're not a 3D animator, you're not a movie director. Your life is Excel. Your life is typing Word documents. Your life is posting on Facebook, okay? So when you're shelling out 35K for your entry-level laptop, maybe there's a part of you that wants to become a sound engineer, but don't let that do the thinking for you. Okay. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Lindsay, on the other hand, is a multimedia creator. So he's already justified the purchase to himself. He just can't wait. This is where Which one of your children are you going to sell, Lindsay? Because (laughs) they said, they said straight up, like, because it's Apple Silicon, you can run full on iPad and iPhone apps on these machines. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's no difference. So now I think about it this way. Why does the iPad still not have a desktop mode? What, where you can dock it to a monitor, you mean? Yes, no. and have it be like a kind of light mm. Mac kind of... You're right. You see, we, we have all that clutched together. We have like the Dex thing, and then we have the yeah. Microsoft thing trying to do yeah. the same thing. But Apple's got a whole closed ecosystem. So yeah. if anyone could do it, they could do it and should they have done it. They can do it. They just have like the bigger chips now in the laptops that no. can run the no, no, same no. instruction sets. Okay. So look, what else do people have to know that's not speeds and feeds and in the weeds? Um, uh, MacBook, yeah, MacBook Pro 13-inch. That's the one with only two um, USB-Cs, but those are usb Four 
Ultimate. So they mm. include um, Thunderbolt 3 um, on yeah. all of them. So the Mac Mini can now run full 6K um, Pro Display resolution with like no problems, which is amazing. And yeah, I I'm, kept referring I'm, to 6K displays. So yeah, that's the pro display. From all these, you can dock all these devices to up to 6K level of display. Yeah. So 4K, pfft, 6K. Again, you're not a professional photographer. You probably don't need a 6K display. Lindsay needs a 6K display, obviously. Obviously. No, I right? don't. I'm actually on a sub <laughs> sub 1080 <laughs> little chart. You can watch um, those. <laughs> you watch those rain videos on your 6K display. <laughs> just can't see anything. <laughs> like i've a side note i've just stopped trying to watch um <laughs> um formula one races now uh, uh, on, uh, now on my connection no, oh. because it's just like it's just like confetti <laughs> it's just confetti <laughs> on my screen <laughs> Oh, oh man it, it was like super so embarrassing we had we had um someone <laughs> over here oh. and I like just flick through to the race because I wanted to see and uh -huh. like the timing board is on the side there and you can't see anything. Oh, like you geez. literally cannot make sense of the names. No man, you're going to feast. You, you, these things have been sent to you to test you, okay? And if you, <laughs> if you make good in the test, you will be rewarded with fast unlimited broadband for the rest of your days. Okay, you've just passed the test. Um, so the last thing on the Apple Silicon, yes, fantastic technological innovation. Pricey, of course but a good step forward. Um, and what, I, what kind of stuck with me was their focus on reducing the use of energy throughout. Everything has to run cooler. Everything has to run cleaner. Everything has to run smaller. It has to still be powerful, but it's, it's not like V8 level power. It's more like Tesla level torque power, you know? And mm. um, that really impressed me. And as a result, they've got, all got spectacular battery life, all of these machines. Well, not the Mac Mini, which is not a battery-based machine. But I'm the laptop feeling, fabulous battery life. Mm. I'm feeling a 22,000 Rand for the MacBook Air. I'm feeling 15,000 Rand for the Mac Mini. And I'm feeling 28 grand on the MacBook Pro, Entry Apple level, Silicon, yeah. if okay. those things ever reach our shores. Mm. Yeah, no, I think you're being a little conservative. I think maybe the Mac Mini, you might be about right. No, no, no. I think you're about... 10, 15% off. I think the Mac mini is going to be like 17. I think the um, MacBook Air is going to be 25, 26. I think Justice the Pro dude. is going to be 33. Why? Because you cannot buy a 12-inch iPad for less than 24. Yes, you can. Check the iPad prices yesterday for an exercise. You cannot buy an iPad Pro for less than like 22,000 Rand. I'm like, good gracious, when do tablets... Like basic tablets become twenty two thousand rand, you know. Yeah. That's the thing, and I think I think it's priced that way for people who gotta have it because they gotta have it. That's how they price the iPhones as well. It's not, and it's not Apple per se making those prices. Those prices are being created in South Africa. I think the local uh, distributor here thinks that they can just dream up any price that the market will bear, and they're not responsible to Apple for how they've priced the product. Because they, I'm sure, just pretend, well, there were taxes we had to pay, there were distribution fees, and then there were these other fees, and that's why the base iPhone has to now cost 28,000 Rand, or whatever it is. I think they just make the stuff up according to what they think the market will bear. I 
really no love lost between me and the Apple distributors in this country. <laughs> I yeah. think you are being a little bit. Yeah, I got out of unfair. my way to not name them by name. Mm. <laughs> I, I think, think they're going to jack a up little the bit M1 Max. Like, no, I think a... they're going to come at the same prices as the current stuff, uh, which is in oh. line with with what. <laughs> I, I really, okay. I'm actually, I'm yeah, I need to. I need to correct you. I, you see, the problem is they only have the 128 gigabyte one, which is fine. But that's, yeah, 22,000 Rand for the 12.9 inch. But you can get into iPad Pro for 17 grand. Uh, that'll be the 11 inch one, though, right? Yeah, 11 inch, 128 gigabytes. 23 or something. Yeah. Yeah, 22. I mean, it's a tablet, man. Yeah. But then you look at the 10 inch ones, they like go down to like seven or eight grand. So I'm like, I mean, how can that make sense? You know, <laughs> it's just, yeah. wow, we've got to buy anyway, 14 shipping. We've that a lot. There's other things in the world, Gavin. Yeah. Um, Telcom and yeah. the SABC have gotten into bed um, and birthed a streaming service called Telcom One. And it's yes. a very compelling situation because it's giving audio and video SABC content only for the licensing fee that they're paying to the SABC. SABC has obviously signed up uh, the Bundesliga now. They've signed up all sorts of rights. They, they're in a dire financial situation. But um, the plans run like this. So you can do a daily plan for seven rand a day, and you get 90 megabytes data allocation. You can do weekend, which is 17 bucks, for 360 megabytes of data allocation. Um, weekly is 19 Rand for 720 megabytes, and then monthly is 50 or 49 Rand with 1,800 megabytes. So just about a gig and a half of okay. data allocation so, on the telecom so, network. So it doesn't limit you on which of the services you can get. You get all the services, but you can only get 360 megabytes worth of the, the streaming services. So Something it's measuring like you on the data, not on the yeah. bouquet. Like yeah. with multi-choice, you know, with multi-choice, yeah. it's how many channels do you want? That's how they grade the pricing. With this, yeah. here are the channels. How much of them do you want? It's measured yeah. in data, right? Okay. This is a streaming service. So it's a, a, like anybody can roll up through the app or whatever. Well, here's the thing. I'm, see, I'm, when you say it's a streaming service, it's not like any streaming service we know. We don't pay per megabyte on Netflix. We don't pay per megabyte on multi-choice you know you don't a, pay you, you pay a subscription fee for unlimited access to all the content so here it's it's kind of like a, almost like a pay to play really you know um oh, i well. think there's there's two different ways so you can do you can do like like showmax has a, a free tier now where you can watch oh, like that's right. produced programming um so you can do a on the house content, which is a mixture of news, inspiration, and entertainment channels. Ooh, um, I don't like the sound of inspiration. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we both know where this is going. Okay, yeah, okay. Still. And then you can subscribe um, and still like and net yourself a nice little data allocation as well for like the full fat service, like mm. everything there with like downloads offline and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I think it's it's nice. Um, so, it's a good direction for the SABC to move into. I think this will be the <laughs> the death knell for um, digital terrestrial signal. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but how much money was spent on that joke? I mean, interestingly, <laughs> though, I mean, if the SABC does curtail its use 
of airwaves, we'll have much more white space radio wave spectrum to use mm -hmm. for data going mm -hmm. forward. Of course, the SABC is going to try and hang on to that spectrum. Of course, telecom is going to want access to that spectrum, whatever. Yes. Oh, what, what is it called again? It's called telecom, telecom one. one. Is it the word one or the number one? The word one. Okay. Because when Telcom started its mobile service, it was called ETA. Uh, ETA. 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 Yeah, E-I-T-A, yes. I think it was called. And then after uh, like less than a year, they changed it to Telcom Mobile just because, you know, they, they needed the identity thing. But Telcom Mobile has done exceptionally well. So, I mean, the, the reason we heard all this Telcom news is because they had their financial results. Was it today, yesterday? Uh, yesterday. Uh, yesterday, yeah. Um, their mobile division has just done so spectacularly well. So, I mean, they've only started, I think, Telcom's probably maybe seven or eight years old. Telcom Mobile, mm. something like that. Okay, Cell C is like 20 years old, I think, you know. Um, and um, Cell C is busy seeing its ass, and in my mind is kind of passing away. And Telcom yeah. Mobile... I mean, I suppose we could argue that they had, they were a parastatal, they had access to infinite amounts of telecoms infrastructure with which to build the business and so on mm. that Salsi never had, you know. So they did have that massive leg up. But Telcom Mobile really has now surpassed Salsi in subscriber numbers, which was the interesting thing. Their mobile customers are now 13.7 million. It's grown 20% to 13, call it 14 million. Um, in the last little while and pass Cell C to make them the third biggest player, even though they've only been around a couple of years. <clears throat> Mobile data revenue surged 54% during the COVID period. Um, and it was an 80% 80, 80 overall increase in traffic. I mean, so 80% overall increase in traffic and 55% increase in money from the traffic is really impressive. So, you know, they had a great set of results. The... What's unimpressive about Telcom is watching their copper service just collapse. Um, they're trying to do like a controlled collapse of the copper copper line service, you know, the traditional phone line service. But it's very inelegant and a little bit ugly when you watch it going down, something on which the entire Telcom business was built for, you know, I don't know, 50 years or something. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, dude, like the copper, well, that's just market forces happening there. Like, yeah, no one yeah, wants yeah, yeah. the copper stuff anymore. I mean, People they, they've, need... argued, they've argued that all the copper revenue they've now reinvested into fiber revenue, which yeah. I think is largely true. So, open serve, when you see these trucks driving around your area, they are busy running the fiber network mm. on which the whole South Africa telecommunications still depends. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, then, in other. <laughs> Can I talk about sports scene radio? Oh yes, please, if you must, if you must. Okay. I, I just want, I just want to bring up this little quote that you put in here. Um, like Martin Luther King, they had a dream. It was a dream to make users pay for short form content. Yeah, because <laughs> obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Martin Luther King, they had a dream. <laughs> That's like all it was. It was a dream, <laughs> you know, very expensive dream. And, is it was it two billion dollars later? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they did try and and exit the market amicably. They paid back yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. they had over to investors. Yeah. yeah. Um, which okay. which was fine, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah I, I mean, it's good that people are still bold and and prepared to experiment. I just you know we prefer the quick and dirty. That then it's like Zoom. Zoom was quick and dirty, and then it found its feet, and then it became a real product. You know, 
if you're going to start with two billion in capital, then you know that's not really the the um, lean kind of startup scenario yeah. <laughs> that you know we prefer, which grows organically. Okay, so um, the Foschini Group (TFG) to most people has like millions of account holders all over the country, um, and they've kind of best known for their, their clothing like Foschini store and various other stores like uh, Markham's. Um, and one of their, their chains is called Sports Scene. Sports Scene is the sort of sneaker culture uh, mm. store. So there's a lot of sneakers, but also, you know, the kind of tracksuit wearing, print t-shirt wearing, red bat kind of wearing kind of people. Okay. Um, not really my scene at all. Um, but sports scene has kind of cornered that market in a sense, the sneaker culture. Mm. Um, and for reasons I won't go into any detail on here, I heard that sports scene was actually running a sort of a radio service on the back of its app. And I went to check out sports scene radio just to hear what they were doing. And it was actually extremely pleasant. And I spent most of that day listening to kind of Miller, I guess we're going to call it a sort of a mellow hip hop sound. I don't even know mm. my music genres all that well. Um, but what was interesting about this was that the TFG group, having been relatively slow to digital, got a whole lot of momentum through this COVID period where people couldn't go into their stores and they had to maintain relationships with their customers. And they did that through by launching a whole lot of online stores in the first place and then by building out their app infrastructure in the second place. So their app sales have like rocketed upwards over this period. I guess a lot of TFG account holders were probably not your classic online shoppers to start with. But through the COVID period, they were drawn into that and it's been wildly successful for them. So I'm very interested to see where it goes. And if sports scene radio is anything to go by, it's almost like um, the Foschini Group is finding new ways to connect with its customers. And mm. like I say, it's been slow to come to this realization, but now they've got the bit between their teeth. So we'll see where it goes. We're watching with interest high online because high online is... Foschini Group's technology store, basically. Yeah. We've struggled in the past with their offerings because, you know, it's it's not every person's kind of tech offering. But for the Foschini account holder, maybe it works for them. So I mm. did have a browse through some of their products. We can discuss that later if you want. It's up to you. Yeah, I see. I online, I like to straddle the, the, the thin line between, like, good value product and, like, really aesthetically pleasing product. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes they get it wrong. Um, the buyers, I mean, those buyers are probably under a lot of pressure because they need to compete with the likes of Incredible Connection and Computer Mania and like those guys, um, where they were spawned out of a fashion um, brand, which is, yeah, it's it's a tough place to be in for them. Mm. Um, outside of that, I think the music genre you were looking for um, was lo-fi. <laughs> okay. No, but to me, lo-fi is like very electronic. This was kind of, very organic, yeah, yeah, yeah. I but mean, it's like lo-fi. Well, I mean, okay. Jay Diller well, did kind of pioneer that, and I mean, he's one of the most legendary pop producers ever. Rest in okay. peace, Diller. Talking right. about other things, I mean, we spoke about vertical short-form content um, with briefly with Pubby. Um, Then there's this whole lo-fi sort of thing and capturing like their teen sneakerhead market. Just a little bit of. Ah, nefariousness in the media mm -hmm. that I noticed recently. So TikTok, right? Mm. You might have noticed there's a lot of old songs charting again. 
Like every okay. week or so, you'll get like three stories of like, oh, this song's back on the Billboard charts and this song is back on the Billboard charts. So what the record companies are doing is that they found that they sell rights to music to certain TikTok influencers, major influencers. And they like, use this song, please. And then because it is the most derivative of the social medias, like you mm. see one thing today on TikTok yeah, yeah. and yeah. in like an hour's yeah. time, there's a million yeah. copies of that thing. Yes. Mentos using the yeah. same music and everything. And that's how these songs gain popularity and then they resurface in like the charts and that, and they just keep making money for okay, these. But, but to, to just explain how it starts. So how does that song, let's say it's, um, I don't know, uh, Hot Stuff or one of those songs. How does that get seeded into the first TikTok influencer by the record company? So the record company yes. seeds it to the influencer who yes. he knows is going to make a video with it which could then become they viral and become copied they extensively. pay them to make the video for it. So the record company is basically mining its long tail of forgotten songs. Is that what you're yep. saying? Yep. Ah. And that's how they also get new artists like in. It's like just supercharging but, okay, the kind of hype cycle. How does the record company get the money, though? Is TikTok paying them for the usage, or how does the record company get the money? The record company has the money and they just want more money. And this is just a new way to get to the market, which like, because like it used to be you'd pay um, a couple of radio stations to like list certain songs yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, the, <laughs> the continued success of Ed Sheeran <laughs> okay. is testament to these sorts of things. It's just like these manufactured kind of chart toppers. Um, mm. And then, yeah, it's the similar thing where they just, assign things to they pay a lot of tiktok influencers and the tiktok influencers use the thing and then everyone copies it and then it just spawns okay. out i mean All like right. my kids my daughter is like big into like she's nine years old so she's like in that prime market okay where these oh. things are so you gotta protect these so young people Lindsay. jeez man okay <laughs> i actually don't use tiktok at all anymore because it just frustrates me now like yeah, it, it used to be a fun little pastime, and then you just yeah. start seeing way too much of the same thing. Yeah, no, um, no, true, true. Now, when when you start with the freaking Mentos and the Coke bottle, I just flick right on, man. Not and when you when you're lining yeah. up for that high dive into that pond, I just flick right on. I'm not interested in you. Yeah. When you get on the BMX and you start riding, I just kind of flick right on because you know, <laughs> it's not interesting anymore. You know, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I, I do enjoy the food stuff. I must say, the cooking and food stuff, most of it. Um, yeah, and I, what I really enjoy is a channel called Ballers, which is actually about soccer tricks, uh, yeah. and is really interesting soccer tricks. And oh, you gotta, you gotta watch. Oh, we're getting completely off topic here on TikTok. <laughs> World of Athletics. Watch World of Athletics. I mean, just amazing high resolution footage of people running, pole vaulting, shot putting, just amazing, man. Oh, women athletes sprinting. Amazing when the camera like tracks them. You see how fast these people are going. Anyway, that's my TikTok experience. So oh, that's okay. your little TikTok fetish is yeah, watching clearly. women runners. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's just it's poetry in motion, man. It's I made just it sound horrible there and you are just digging that grave deeper for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, not just women runners, all runners. I mean, it's amazing to watch. Oof. Gavin, okay. what mm. the hell is nightwear? 
<laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say about Nightwave, but it got approved by the, I don't know, the regulatory body in the US, which is what makes it interesting. Nightwave, yeah, is, uh, yeah, is an app that runs on your Apple Watch. At the moment, it's only on Apple Watch. And it can detect when you're having a nightmare based on your elevated breathing, your elevated pulse and all sorts of things. And then what it does is the watch vibrates on your arm to shake you out of the nightmare without actually waking you up. So it just distracts you enough for the nightmare to end, but you don't actually wake up. And apparently this actually works. So, I mean, you know, we can poo-poo this idea, but if you're someone who struggles with nightmares or your kid struggles with nightmares or whatever, and, you know, you just trying to find solutions you could go to a therapist for a few years or you could get nightwear on your apple watch <laughs> oh my gosh like i've been having nightmares of like interesting idea to syndrome. wake you up out of a dream imposter mm, syndrome okay. has invaded my sleeping hours <laughs> which is just like i i just get discovered for like being a complete and utter failure <laughs> of a person in my sleep. and yeah the, this is the, welcome to my therapy session <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about people who don't have imposter syndrome. They're basically sociopaths. People who don't have imposter syndrome are sociopaths. Everybody's trying to be better than they are. Everybody's trying to present more than they are. You know, everyone's mm. basically reaching higher than they, than they can, you know. Um, so in that sense, everyone's impostering a little bit, you know. <laughs> mm. um, some people, of course, you know, Donald Trump, imposter as the president of the United States. But... Um, Everybody suffers some form of imposter syndrome, I think. It's only sociopaths who really believe all that stuff about themselves. You know, that's the problem. Okay. Yeah. And this has anyway. got absolutely nothing to do with tech. Nothing at all. <laughs> Talking about improving your life, Kevin, let me conclude my little journey into how to take better pictures with any phone by right. talking about a pro mode. So it might be called pro camera mode or pro mode or whatever. But it kind of gives you manual controls over the different settings of the phone. I like to use it in little short bursts, like in very specific contexts. So if you are in a stadium, for instance, um, at night, mm -hmm. and there's something you want to take a picture of, like the moment you move around through like different lighting conditions or someone stands up in front of you or whatever, your phone in auto mode is going to want to change like the, the light sensitivity and the shutter so speed just, and all of that. Just for, for setting the scene, you say you're in a stadium. You mean it's like a stadium with people and the sports oh, wow. going on at night. But when yeah, you say a stadium, I'm trying to imagine, <laughs> do you mean like a deserted stadium or no, do you like mean a, like a, it's stadium a difficult lighting situation? In the olden times, Gavin, when we could gather together and in reverie <laughs> around our favorite activities. Um, <laughs> Okay, so it's a difficult lighting situation because you're in the dark, but there's bright lights and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. So what I like to do then do is then go into the promo. So you leave everything else on auto, but you set your shutter speed and your ISO. Like I like to have my ISO at the lowest possible setting um, because it's image sensitive. So the higher you're going to crank it, the more noise you're going to get. Um, so like your sensor is just in like more sensitive to the sort of thing light that it's getting and then shut the speed <laughs> i also like to set that as the fastest as possible because the longer time you leave the sensor exposing the yes, more the chance there is of blurring something so if you want to freeze something in in time right. like you want fast shutter speed 
and then low ISO just means it's not going to be as like grainy and stuff. Um, setting it at a level that you are comfortable with and just leaving it there will eliminate like the the dramatic changes in those settings like um, when you're moving okay. through lighting conditions. Right. So if you if you're going to a pop concert and U2 is in town and you're at the I don't like yeah. U2. I don't know why I picked them. Okay. So um, let's say. Pink Floyd or someone else is in town. Kanye West is in town. You're in the stadium. You're taking pictures, not of Kanye on the stage, but of crowd yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so you go to your pro mode. You turn up your ISO so it's nice and super sensitive. But then because you've turned up the sensitivity, you can also turn up your shutter speed so it'll be nice and fast so that your shutter doesn't stay open and pick up lots of blur and lots of light feed yeah. and so on. That's what you're saying. Yeah. But then so you, you leave you turn it on that down your ISO. Turn down the ISO. Yeah. So you want the numbers to be smaller on the ISO. Doesn't that yes. make the, the sensor slower, though? Um, that's okay. where the, you have to play with the shutter speed, and you have to find like okay, that balance. So find a, a place, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just the so idea that... is you leave it on that for the duration of all your stadium shots, as long as you're shooting in that sort of environment. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And all then right. another thing is. Um, you can set sometimes if you don't want to do that much, you can leave that in auto and then you should be able to get like an exposure compensation. So it'll either be, it'll be like naught to three and then naught to minus three. And that will just kind of make it either brighter or darker. And then that will affect the shutter speed and ISO settings in the background as well. It's, it's just like a shortcut to get to that. Yeah. Okay. And yes. like okay. for me, when I'm using pro, when you're using pro modes, you want to look at what you are trying, like the composition you are trying to create, like the feel you're trying to. So you're wanting that consistency throughout your shot. So if you're on the beach, like at golden hour or something, you want to dial in a setting so that it doesn't change dramatically if you turn like half a degree closer, like to the sun. And what that does is as well, when you have consistent settings going in, um, if you edit those pictures, and if you're going to be editing them, please do set your your phone, if it can, to capture in RAW as well, so that you just have more room, um, editing room, like more detail. It will RAW is all the information that is going to the sensor at the time that you press the shutter. Mm -hmm. um, so you can so, go manipulate it a little bit afterwards. Yeah, yeah. it will just give you a bigger safety net um, to kind of bring up and play with highlights and, and shadows and that sort of thing. Yeah, so when you're going into editing, when you are shooting a consistent scene, when you go into editing, you can automate or like have presets for certain things and just apply on mass, especially if you want to put things up on social media quite quickly. Um, just having like you edit one picture and you apply it Make yeah. a pre preset and then just apply that to all of them. And uh, you should okay. get to the kind of look and feel that you want across all, right. all of those. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so um, that's pro mode. Um, in the pro mode, um, hang on, I had a question. So would you say that across different cameras, the pro modes are fairly consistent? They all give you shutter speed. They all give you ISO. They all give you all those things. I mean, what about Exposure focus? compensation, yeah. Um, <sighs> Do you get manual focus? I've never actually used manual focus now that yes, I think about it. Yes, you do get Don't manual even... focus, but manual focus is a bit tricky because yeah. manual focus on a phone without like focus peaking, so it will usually give you like green 
light mm-hmm. or like green highlights over the thing that's in focus is kind of useless because it's difficult to gauge exactly what is in focus without focus speaking um, on, yes, a, on a yes, smartphone. Yes, 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 yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So like if it's like tricky, if you're working very close to the lens, um, manual focus is great. Um, so you can get to like the absolute closest focus. And it's like a distance. static a static object. It's not moving objects. It's not yeah. changing situations. Yeah. It's a, a still life. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd, I'd still leave that in auto and then just tap to focus on, on the screen. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, thank you. Um, sure. um, I was going to discuss products from the high store. Shall I throw out one of those? Because I do see a special that I quite like here. Or shall we just... Is it the speaker? No, it's not. (laughs) It is the Samsung Galaxy Buds Plus, which you and I are quite enamored with. Now, how much do you think you're going to pay for that at the high store? I'm thinking 2,000 Rand. Okay. Okay, you're not far off. I actually really... Last time I priced the the Buds Plus, they were around 2,300 Rand. But they're now available for 1,800 Rand. And these are hands down my best mid-range true wireless buds. I've Mm. tested dozens of pairs. Take it from me. Um, The Samsung Galaxy Buds got the greatest combination of features. Um, We won't go into the geek stuff of how it works. But it handles high-resolution audio in its own specific way. Quite unique. And we've discovered the voice quality. Very good. Great fit. Great battery life. All these things. Samsung Mm. Galaxy Buds plus 1,800 Rand at the high online store. Mm. Well, the high store, which is now also online. I have my pair that I use in the gym Mm. three, four days a week. I probably charge it once a week. um, And I'm putting in like solid hours in the gym. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's 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 good. It is it is the benchmark in, in yeah. As far as I mean, I like my buds because they do multi points, so I can connect them to my PC and to the phone at the same time, which we discussed yeah. on the show before. So you can and the downside on the PC. Mm-hmm. about the SA the COVID alert SA app. Yeah, for someone who swaps through phones quite often. Yes, um, I think I had the Z Fold two um, at the bike park, mm-hmm. and I had sent it back already. Uh-huh. Um, and like your your profile doesn't because it's anonymized. Your profile doesn't travel with you. Travel, yeah, yeah. This is the thing. So, I man, I can't see how it's going to work for me if we keep changing phones. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pity. Yeah, that's because little... it has to be anonymous. That's why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's a blind spot. I mean, that only applies to like, people users. like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And anyone else who's managed to get a new phone during the COVID time, ooh, sorry, you missed out on six months' worth of contact with people you were having. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Gavin, that's me for the week. Um, you can find me at That Opinion Guy on Instagram. ThatOpinionGuy.co.za is the website. That Opinion Guy on YouTube as well. There's some some nice activity happening there. And sharpshooters on Twitter, S-H-A-R-P-S-E-H-U-T-T-E-R-S. Come fight with me. I dig talking about things. Did a nice little thread with the Apple Silicon event. Um, I think I give the best coverage sometimes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'm interested in the roundup of mid-range Android. You did a roundup of Android phones. Just an overview of the marketplace. Yeah. Video? That video is proving to be very, very tricky in the edit. Um, just uh, to okay. cover Not everything, out get visuals for everything. Yeah, um, but that will yeah. be up by the end of this week. Yeah, I have, right. I have a ticking clock in terms of like some brands there that are wanting coverage. Okay. 
Um, I am working on uh, gaming laptops. The reason being that my kids are busy wearing out their existing gaming laptops, which were all premium <laughs> at the time. But now we've fallen on hard times and we can't replace their premium gaming laptops with more premium gaming laptops. So I'm trying to find what I can afford. So I'm busy doing a roundup of affordable gaming laptops that really do kick ass. That's going to be up at uh, Tech Radar. And in Tech Magazine, we've just put to bed a great edition. It's got interesting stories about women in the IT workplace and how mm. we are empowering women to, because the IT industry is growing so fast, we've tapped out of guys and we've refused to tap into women in the IT workplace. So now we're obliged to do that just because the industry is growing at that kind of pace. Mm. And I mean, it's shameful that it's taken us this long to make these kind of adjustments, but we've covered that in the upcoming issue of Tech Magazine. Um, just in closing, Gavin, you touched on mm. it briefly there. The gaming PCs that used to be premium probably four, three years, two years ago yeah. um, mm -hmm. are now kind of out of vogue, out of date. You don't have those problems as quickly on consoles. And that's been like the argument that like people like Grant yeah. Hines has made when I asked, like, why should we care about high end gaming consoles when they can't do they can't like create content um, yeah. with it? And I've, I've crystallized what my problem is with the new Xbox and PS5. It is an absolute attack on parents because on the <laughs> one hand, <laughs> on the uh -huh. one hand, you're saying you need to be able to play like the games at like these awesome resolutions yeah, and yeah, now yeah. you need to like upgrade your TV, TV to like 4K because well. there's still yeah, yeah. many many households in this country that don't have 4K sets, yeah. or at least don't have 4K sets in the situations where the games will be played, yeah, like, yeah, which yeah. Is like yeah. in the kids' room or something. Yeah. And then they're also taking away the optical drives, and they're pushing like these game subscription um, yes, yes. services. So and it's so like the now whole you need, world like, has access to internet. free internet. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, what the hell? is going on right now yeah, it's just yeah. extortion okay, at this point i mean we can we can drill into this maybe next week and unpack it in a bit more detail i mean i support the electronic distribution of games just because sending discs with plastic and silver around the world in plastic containers is ecologically like a nightmare you know but we can maybe discuss it uh, next week and see what the pros and cons and are of all the these reselling market kevin uh, yeah, I, I've made a lot of money. Well, not a lot of money, but like enough money in hard times selling off physical copies of games. Okay. So the yeah, other thing is F2. with games is if your disc gets damaged, you're screwed. That's the end of your game. You know, um, on the upside, you can take your game around to your friend's house and play it there. Yeah. But let's not get into this now. This is a whole separate discussion. <laughs> <laughs> OK, by the time we speak next week, a lot more people will actually have next generation consoles. We'll know what the actual prices are. There are already problems in the supply chain in South Africa because demand is exceeding supply. Mm -hmm. But we'll discuss that next week. Okay. Cool, Gavin. I'll check you next week. Good night. Cheers, guys. <laughs> <laughs>